This episode brought to you by Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash HorrorVirgin for 30 days free and a book to get you started. For that book recommendation, we're going to recommend the book Jaws. But I get to say it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jen is going to... I haven't even read the book. <laughs> I honestly didn't know it was a book until I saw it yeah, sitting on the coffee table. Yeah, smacked it on the coffee table. <laughs> yeah, everybody, this week I'm recommending Jaws by Peter Benchley. It's really good. I've read it several times. So check out AudibleTrial.com slash HorrorVirgin for 30 days free and a book to get you started and make that book Jaws, Jaws. or Benchley. anything else you want. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. No, Jaws. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this episode's also brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. All right. Hey, here Nick we, B. Here we oh, are God. again. Here we go again. Nick B, I, I talked, just to preemptively apologize. I got some real, I got into a Facebook argument with Nick B. Oh, God. He joined the army on a bet. What? <gasps> on yeah. a bet? What was yes. the bet, Nick Why? B? You didn't we tell me about the more. bet. Do you want to bet on this? <laughs> I bet the bet was that he wouldn't join the army. Uh, another fun fact about Nick B, he spells color, that, that weird UK color. way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because he's from the UK. Well, whatever. Yeah. He, so he spells it correctly? So he didn't even join the real army? Oh, God. Is he in <laughs> Her Majesty's service? Mm, he's on the HMS Orca. <laughs> We love you, Nick B. Really but do. this episode's also brought to you by John. John. I got real facts about John. Oh, God. Let yeah. me tell you the truth about John, listeners. God. Don't listen to what the <laughs> mainstream media says about John. <laughs> I love that when we start talking about John, you become Alex Jones. Yeah. No, real fun fact, doesn't use his blinker on purpose. What? Yes. Why? What kind of purpose? Does he stick his arm out the window? No, he Does doesn't. Signal that he way? doesn't signal at all. So he just careens all over? He's a monster. <laughs> Listeners, look out for him. Start using your blinker, John. John could be around any corner. Guys, if you want your very own Patreon <laughs> shout out, fun fact, and or just Mikey to be mad at you, go to yeah. patreon.com slash horror virgin and sign up for one of our levels there. There's a lot of great levels. Some of them come free with Mikey hate. Check out the level you want. Sign up there. And for those of you who can't afford to uh, financially support us, just continue telling the people about the podcast. You guys are clearly doing that. I have only heard that I'm delightful. I don't from think... From your mom? No, no from your mom. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> to the Horror Virgin, everybody. I'm Jen. I'm Todd. And I'm the Horror Virgin Mikey. <laughs> which means I don't like horror movies. <laughs> Wait, we can't do this. <laughs> You're Mikey. No, I'm Mikey. And I'm the Horror Virgin Todd, which means... I don't like horror movies, but you guys make me watch them and then sort of, I guess, just make fun of me. We try to teach you how to love horror. We walk you through it. And you guys made me watch Jaws today. We did. Yes, I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, and also, I didn't hate it at all. I thought it was a great movie. Is it horror? There's a debate. I I do think it's horror. I would be on the side of not horror. Mikey, where do you fall on it? Well, I made you guys watch movies that uh, weren't scary, so I'm not going to really take a hard stance on this. I will not forget it. (laughs) Honestly, I appreciated the reprieve. This is not a scary, scary movie. No, I would classify this as a horror movie. I think... I don't know if it's first a horror movie, but it definitely like lives under the umbrella. You guys have seen this before, right? I have seen it before, Todd. Because <laughs> you've been alive? <laughs> I have been Yeah, alive. I mean, yeah. I, this is one yeah. that I actually remember my older sisters watching this when I was a kid, and my sister Suzanne like rushed me out of the room. He's like, you can't oh, really? watch this. Yeah. Huh. I remember um, the night that my youngest brother was born, I watched this movie 
waiting uh, for my parents to come home. Oh, yeah? yeah. Like really? They, How old were you? Who was watching I was you? 14. Oh. Oh, I thought you were going to say four. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think the first time I watched this, I like rented it on Halloween or something, and I had my friend come over, and we were going to watch like a super scary movie, and that's when I found out that it's a great movie, but not that scary. Spoiler alert for the scary scale. <laughs> no, it's not that scary. I, I, no. I've watched it a lot of times growing up because it was always on TV. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I watched it as a little kid. I loved it as a little kid. I had a, uh, I had Legos. I had a boat Legos, and I would like recreate the movie because I had a Lego shark. We're going to need a bigger Lego shark. Oh, the Lego boat was way bigger than the Orca. Let me oh, just yeah? tell you right now. And Leg- it was awesome because also I had like space lasers installed on it. It, it got the job done. Okay. <laughs> oh, geez, so. It's a very Spielberg movie. A very Spielberg. I think I wrote at one point Spielberg all over the place. Well, he is scene. He is Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. Was this his first movie? This was his first big movie. So he had directed Duel at this point. It was like his first big movie. It was his first big movie. I mean, like every movie he does now is a big movie. It's a big right. deal because he is Spielberg. <laughs> Spielberg, him, yeah. But this is the movie that I guess made him Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess I didn't know that. You see a lot of his style in this movie. I think too. you see like kind of how he a rougher version of his stuff. Yeah, I, feel I like don't he think it was better. nearly as good. No, he gets better. Well, I mean, like you can see the shots and you yeah. can see some of the stuff and like the direction and the, the art design and yeah. like the 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 framing. Edit this to make me sound good. And then uh, <laughs> I know what you're saying, like. It's still great. He's like a great director, even at this stage. But comparing this to like newer and more recent Spielberg films. Like Jurassic Park. Sure. Or even just Spielberg from the 80s. Like, yeah. This it, from a, f- a few of his other bigger movies, he comes a long way. Yeah. I didn't mean to say that he's, this is not well directed. This is superbly directed. It's just that he, he got even better after this. Mm, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I understand why like Jack O'Brien, who is on the Daily Zeitgeist and he like ran crack.com forever, loves this movie. Mm. and talks about how he watched it like every day as a kid. And I get it. It's a good movie. I mean, even for somebody who hates horror movies, it's not super scary. It's good. This is on my top 10 film list. I think Jen and I have I can see that, though. It's good. I don't think I put it on my top 10 film list, but it's definitely very good. I have a shirt, but I shouldn't have time to change it. Yeah, will you put a shirt on? (laughs) (laughs) I'm wearing a work shirt, (laughs) So, Jen, let's get into this movie. All right, so we start with underwater shots and some some amazing oh, I thought music. it was a beach. I thought it was a beach. Oh, no. Oh, we start with a man oh, chasing a stranger. Yeah. And we start with underwater scenes and the music that is awesome. I guess that's true, okay, but that's, that's very, very quick. True. Yeah. That's the credit. So, yes, you are right. It does start with underwater scenes, and then it quickly cuts to... It cuts to hippie bonfire. Well, yeah, more yeah, or less. Yeah. Uh, like Very quickly. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, this lady like takes off sprinting, and a guy takes off sprinting after, and you're like... Her name oh. is Chrissy. Yeah. Her name, well, he, he yells after, what's your name? I'm chasing you. Okay, I, I have a serious question for you both. Would you skinny dip with a member of the opposite sex that you just met, like at a party... Who is shit faced? Would you or done have it? You? Yes, check bucket list. Oh, okay, okay, so yes, like, I, right. I could, I have done that. Yes, and you have too. <laughs> Jen, as Not your lawyer, in the ocean. <laughs> yes, I was that's also stupid. Yeah, I wasn't in the ocean either. I've done similar things. Okay, I don't think I could do that. I yeah. couldn't do it now. I haven't been working out at all or anything. <laughs> I don't have the confidence. You would fall down on the beach not because you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm too drunk. I can't. I did, I did make that joke because she like full-on sprints to the mm. beach in sort of a cutesy catch-me-catch-me kind of way. Uh, but the weirder part is that they didn't talk to each other before the sprinting. No, they say no words until, what's your name? <laughs> I'm coming too. Yeah. We're going swimming. 
I mean, honestly, with different music and like a different ADR dialogue from the woman, that is a very creepy scene. It was still creepy. I was like, I didn't remember this being as creepy as a kid. (laughs) And like, she's here's the reason why it's creepy. Are you ready? Because she hits the beach naked. She's stripping off clothes. He's too drunk to even catch up to her, like throws up halfway there. I did. When, when he gets to the beach and he's all out of breath trying to take his yeah. shoes off, I was like, hey, Mikey, this is you. And she's acting like she's in a triathlon. Like she oh, takes yeah. off towards the buoy. She is no stranger to cardio. Look, who yeah. swims to the buoy in the ocean in the daylight with clothes? People who are competing in Ironmen. Yeah, she's like yeah. an uh, yeah, Iron she's women's, like, Iron persons. <laughs> <laughs> she swims real good. Like yeah. real fast. And like yeah. the guy, he makes it to his boxers level and then he just, he just, he's like, he just lays down and he got stuck on out. shoes. And that's just a lesson. Uh, some guys aren't in it for the chase. <laughs> the only chase is so far, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you get in the ocean and swim towards the buoy, I'm out. I mean, honestly, that goes for me too. Like, I don't care how like hot Natalie is. If she strips down and then swims to a buoy, I'm out. Yeah. Skinny dipping is supposed to be like a flirty euphemism thing, not like a race to the buoy. Like, yeah. I don't want to exercise during my flirting. This isn't the Greek Olympics. Yeah, because I'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> where are you from? You're going to exert all your energy on the wrong thing. Exactly. Oh, so cut to <laughs> cut to cameraman under her while oh, she's completely yeah. naked. This is when we find out that it was authentic skinny dipping. Yeah, like it was, you could see... I think a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is PG. For a PG rated yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize it. I well, guess I knew PG-13 that. PG 13 didn't exist until Indiana Jones, I think. That's right. Do you know what the first movie was to have a PG 13 rating? I thought it was Indiana Jones. Red Dawn. That's right. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know Boy. why I know that. Flashback to it's Poltergeist, our Poltergeist episode. Oh, yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah another yeah. Spielberg joint. Yeah. That's a good episode. Everybody check it out. Yeah, it's like the fourth or whatever. Third. Oh, it's the third? Yeah. My voice sound, it will sound different. I was about to say that. Fuck. Yeah, Mikey, <laughs> Mikey you do sound a little bit different. Yeah. So this is the first death, right? The naked yes. lady. What's yeah. her name? Uh, Chrissy. I just, I know her as naked lady. So she. <laughs> She had a name, Todd. I'm not the one who didn't know it. It was Mikey. Yeah, Mikey. I have a a legit question, though. Was there any speaking between the two of them before they ran off? No. He was like... All right. No, not that we see. I mean, they may have talked at the party earlier. Yeah, it's the very beginning of the party. Or the very beginning of the movie. And the party's going on before the movie starts. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, she was just sitting across from him and gave him the winky blinky and then got (laughs) up and ran. Okay, so she's swimming out to the buoy and then she just jerked under the water. And I love how this scene happens because... Because it's very effective, but you don't you don't really know what's going on unless you've seen the poster for this movie and you know that there's a big shark underneath. <laughs> if you like know the premise of the movie, you probably know what's coming. Yeah, if you've but, been alive since 1975, have seen the poster for the movie. But if you were <laughs> the first person to see this movie, you wouldn't know. Like if you didn't know that was a shark, you don't. There's no way for you to know now. She just gets jerked under the water by something. Well, you hear the music, doom doom. Yeah, but it's really cool. And so she gets jerked under a couple of times, and then she's screaming and thrashing about in there. She's going back and forth. And I want to gets... know how they did that. So what they did is oh, they. You know? I awesome. do know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly how the simple machine, if you will, Mikey, worked for this thing. That's a shout out to I don't know what episode. The for collector. Me. That's right. So, anyways, they had a harness attached to her legs, um, or maybe just one of her legs, and they had two ropes pulling from either side, so they would just pull her back and forth. Ah, uh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and they didn't tell her when they were going to do it, so she's like for real screaming because. 
She didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, man, that would terrify me because oh, you don't yeah. have access oh, yeah. to your legs and they're just pulling you around and like, oh, yeah. man. Like, because as she goes into the water the last time I think you see her, mm-hmm. she's like screaming out as she's going down, which to me is terrifying. She screams out, please, God, help me. It's yeah. ter- mm-hmm. This scene is actually terrifying. Yeah, really I think is. this is actually one of the most terrifying parts of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. It's not the jump scariest part, but it's definitely the most like, oh, my God. Yeah, what is yeah. it? It's really effective. Yeah, I yeah, think so, too. Because I feel like you empathize with her so much. You know? Yeah. So that's the first scene. Like, we immediately start with flirty, winky, blinky, chasey, runny, catch me, murder. Well, shark murder. Shark. Do you shark. call it murder? Ocean murder. <laughs> it's a shark, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. the shark's trying not to die. It's just a shark standing in front of a girl wanting dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Can you blame the shark? <laughs> Standing in a shark kitchen. <laughs> I know. And then it cuts to Brody, right? Yeah. So, yeah, Chief Brody is waking up with his wife, uh, Ellen Brody, and they're just kind of living their morning life and they're talking to each other. Yeah, for them, it's a normal day. Mm-hmm. They weren't at a beach party making winky blinky eyes at each other. I know, because they already did twice because they have two kids. I think they probably had sex more than twice. Wait, how to many kids sure. do you have? Two. <laughs> I honestly don't really know what they talk about in this scene. I'm not sure it really matters. I mean, Brody goes to his office, right? Yeah. I'll set the stage here. This scene's just to kind of set it up where, like, Brody's a good dude. He, like, him and his wife have a good relationship. He's yeah. a kid. He shows him as a caring dad, a caring husband. And that he's not from that island, that he's right. from yeah. New York. He's from New York. Right, and they move to the island, and he doesn't like water. Right. Yes. Yeah, and this, I'm not exactly sure if this is when we find out, but that they, and so in the book, there's this big plot line about being an islander and being from out of town, and you just don't know how the island works, and so that's kind of a little nod to that. There are people talking about that at the beginning. Like, yeah. uh, there are a lot of people who are like, there's, I remember a one lady who was pretty much orange saying, yeah. if you weren't born on the island, you're not from the island. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's and like that's that kind division. Of a New England thing, you know. I know from reading I, I a don't lot know. of Stephen King stuff. Oh, okay. So anyway, Brody gets a phone call. He does get a phone call, and we find out he's got two phones, and it's really weird. Yeah, they never address that, right? Don't. Is that in the book? No, I have no <laughs> idea what that is. Thing. He says that the Brody is the Brody phone and the family phone, but yeah. they do, and that may be what it is because they do have to. I mean, he has a family. His wife's going to use the phone. His kids going to use the phone, but yeah. he is the police chief, and so they would so, need to be able to yeah, reach him at all times. So that yeah, makes that sense. Makes but they don't ever address it. And it's so weird because he's standing right next to a phone receiver when you used to have phones plugged into the wall. And he's got one in his hand. So you can clearly see that he has two. I don't know. I think it's just a time thing. Like They don't have to explain it then because that's how it was. Yeah. It's not important. It's just that I'd never noticed that before. You notice the strangest things in movies, like license plates and stuff, you know? Yeah, and the shooting stars. I oh, yeah. yeah, I can't believe I've never noticed those before. Me either. If they would have just wished upon them, it would have had a better ending. Jiminy Cricket is just over there singing. The shark eats him. Oh. We got to get a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now the call he gets is that some that is that from this college kid who passed out drunk on the beach saying that Chrissy is missing. And so yes. they're going back to where he last saw her. So they walk up and it's like the deputy, I guess, spotted her first and is like calling them over to where he is. But he like has a whistle and keys in his hand and he like drops them and then is like, Oh, shucks. No one wants to play with me. Oh, yeah. He's like moving the sand around with his hand. I was yeah. Like, they kicked my sandcastle over. It does look yeah. like that. I was yeah. Like, Keep it professional, bro. Yeah. yeah there's Lock a body over here. Yeah. I mean, Amity is a small town and they haven't had a murder in like 25 years. Didn't he say something like that? This is technically not a murder. 
It's a shark murder. <laughs> but then you know for sure it might be a boating accident. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, technically it's maritime law. Not. But this is when the college student finds out that he dodged a bullet because Chrissy definitely had crabs. Yeah, it's funny when you say it. <laughs> it is funny. Did you see how fast I said it? It's called pacing. Yeah, because crabs are definitely crawling all around her body. They are, and we see like her fingers. But they don't know that it was a shark attack, right? So they just send right. her body off to get looked at or like a coroner or I whatever. I do know because when they go back to the police precinct, um, he's filling out the accident report and he writes um, probable cause of death. He says shark attack. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's what I meant. So yeah, they, yeah. they send the body to the coroner or death investigation person. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what they call him on Amity, but that person then calls the old him. timey coroner. <laughs> T-H-Y-M-E. He runs the ice cream um, shop because it's the same freezers. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, gross. Anyway, so yeah, he gets a call. The only time you really see Brody in the office is during that scene. Yeah, yeah. And he's filling out the death certificate, I guess, yeah. or just or the like incident report. But this is where he writes shark attack on the investigation report yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and he asks, where's the beaches closed sign? Because there, his <laughs> instinct is, this is probably a shark attack. We need to close the beaches. And Deputy Dumbass is like, I don't, we, I, we don't I have know. those. What's a sign? All yeah. our signs say McDonald's and they're just on brick walls around town. <laughs> I have a question at this point. Yeah. Like, shark attacks are very rare, right? I think in Amity they are. Yeah. As Brody goes to the hardware store or whatever mm-hmm. to buy paint <laughs> and a sign. And paintbrushes. <laughs> I think he, he just flashed his badge all he, over he the walks, place. I need to commandeer your signs. <laughs> yeah, yeah Give absolutely. Give me your blue paint. So he commandeers all the town's signs and then walks out of the hardware store and, and sees like his deputy driving up. Mm-hmm. And then he more or less steals the deputy's car and says, yeah. walk back with these signs. <laughs> make a bunch of signs yeah. that say beach is closed. Yeah, hey, no, but don't you write them. Get Loretta to write them. Mm-hmm. Oh, did he say that? I don't know her name, but yes. He, he's like, he's like you, I can't use my type. And he's like, no. Patriarchy. <laughs> or he knows that deputy can't spell shark oh, that's beach closed. <laughs> also, like my handwriting is illegible. So I my handwriting's horrible. And those signs we do see later are awesome. She did a great job making them. Mm-hmm. Brody commandeers his deputy's vehicle and drives away. He drives Fair away because someone's like, all the Boy Scouts are doing their mile swim. That's right. Yep. He's like, I gotta stop this. Yeah. yeah. As Brody drives away, the mayor sees him and then chases after him in his yeah, car. Yeah, and he goes up onto the the um what's ferry. it called? The ferry, ferry. and yeah. then <laughs> power move or the mayor power move drives onto the ferry and like all of the town elders get out and just surround him. Yeah. They're like, hey, see, we hear you thinking about closing the beaches, see? Brody, uh <laughs> you can't leave. All, all of the town elders are from Atlantic City. <laughs> so Nucky Thompson gets out of the car with all of his minions and he walks over and is like, you can't close the beach, see? Yeah. Don't you see the anchors on my jacket, see? <laughs> he is wearing anchors on his jacket, which is insane to me. And so his jacket doesn't float away. Safety first. <laughs> Yo, that, <laughs> the mayor's blazer game was on point in this movie. It was, man. Yeah. It really freaks me out when people wear blazers to the beach. Like, even in the movie, I'm just like, that's so hot. I can't even yeah. do a wedding in July. That's because you're afraid of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sweat on my own wedding. No, I get it. Future wife, we're doing a winter wedding. Future wife. Future wife. So they pr- sort of pressure Brody into not closing the beach, saying yeah. it was probably just it's a, a boating, boating accident. accident. Uh, and stuff like this has happened before. But here. first they pull a power move and they say, this is a democracy, okay? You can't just close the beach yeah. without a... Well, they literally say, on whose authority you're going to yeah. close the beach? And he's like, I guess mine. Yeah, he's like, well, he has kind of a power trip the whole movie. Where he's he like, does. I'm the chief of police. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is. Oh, well, there's only one other guy. <laughs> I'm the chief of that police.
policeman. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm the boss of Jim. <laughs> but this is one of my favorite quotes from the movie. He says, you yell shark and we've got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. That is the movie right there. Exactly. Well, yeah. that's the first half of the movie right dun, there. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And so then it immediately cuts to Alex Kittner, who's a little kid, talking to his mom about going into the water. And it's just like a day at the beach and everybody is there. Brody did not close the beaches. But Some might say it's the last day at the beach for one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad. It is really sad. So anyway, all these kids are like playing in the beach. You have exactly 10 minutes to swim, and I expect you to know when 10 minutes is and get out of the water by the 10 minutes. That seems right. like unrealistic parenting expectations. So all the kids are playing in the water. Yeah. And and Alex is on like this floaty float. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. this weird guy comes over to talk to Chief Brody, and I love this because you just see his eyes poking over his shoulder. <laughs> and his shoulder takes up conservatively 98.6% of the screen. Yeah, and it's not like a split screen, but his face, it's the perspective. You see his face real close and then the other half are people like screaming and playing around in the water. So yeah. Brody's watching the water and then he thinks he sees a shark fin, but it's just this guy with a really bad hat and I think his <laughs> name might be Harry Yeah, and he comes over and he sits next to Brody and he's saying, you don't even like the water, do ya? I'm a million years old. <laughs> yes, but honestly, he was swimming like He's staying in shape. Yeah. Dude, swimming is like a great way to stay in shape. Very low impact. Yeah. You can do it later in life like Harry did. Just don't get a better hat. That is some bad hat, Harry. Yeah, come on. And for those of you who don't know, that is where the name of the production company came from. (laughs) You could tell that Brody is not happy the beach isn't closed. And Wait, he's that's a lot really of negatives. on high alert, and he's real nervous. <laughs> Which comes back to bite him in the ass, because... Actually, it comes back kid. to bite the kid's ass. Well... Because <laughs> he gets killed by fucking Jaws. So we yeah. see Alex is on this raft, and he comes right up, and you see kind of him, like turn the raft over and so you can see the movement of a big thing yeah you the see that the shark yeah. turn over in the water just roll over yeah on like mm-hmm. on like top of the raft and like the kid goes down and he's like Whoa! and then blood spurting up too yeah it's and it's nasty. big enough that people on the beach can see it too yeah i mean everyone stands up and runs to go get their kids out of the beach mm-hmm. and then you know because alex got it kind off the of reminded float. me of musical chairs because all the parents came in to grab their children and they all grabbed their children and everybody's grabbing their children. And then like 30 seconds later, there's just like one mom standing out there and like she lost. This is the saddest game of musical <laughs> chairs know. ever. So Alex Mothers comes out, like walks out past where all the kids and parents have taken their kids out of the water. And she's like, Alex? Yeah. And then we see the bloody chomped up raft float down. Yeah, because... Alex, he someone, lost the musical chairs. Alex is on the floaty life. float, and Jaws got his goaty goat. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's on the floaty float, and he went down Jaws's throaty throat. Yeah, I'll allow it. Absolutely, <laughs> the joke arbiter has spoken. <laughs> yeah. I'll allow it. So yeah, so he is dead. I am thankful that we didn't have to watch her start screaming and crying, which undoubtedly happened. It cut away. Well, it's a movie. I don't want it to get that dark. <laughs> I mean, watching a kid die and the mother's immediate reaction to it's pretty freaking dark. I mean, yeah, it is really sad, but the movie doesn't really dwell on it too much compared to a movie like Pet Cemetery that's like all about the grief, you know? So it cuts to like a wanted sign for Jaws offering $3,000 for his immediate kill. $3,000 in 1975 is the equivalent of $14,746 today. Interesting fact. So she's got a... $3,000 
$3,000 bounty on this shark, and it's just driven this town insane. Yes. Um, and she must have posted it in Field and Stream or something because people are coming in all over town. Um, they go and they have a press conference or something in the town meeting hall or something. And so Brody's talking about it, and they just want to know if he's going to close the beaches or not. And he says he is going to close the beaches. And they go, yeah. Oh. And the mayor's like, well, just for 24 hours, for 24 right. hours. And he's like, I didn't agree to that. So, yeah. so Brody's one of my favorite protagonists. Really? Ever? Yeah, uh, because he's a good guy and th- the film does a really good job establishing who he is as a, as a man, as like a guy, you know, he, he's a good husband and like cares about his wife. And there's, there's like little tiny moments where you infer a lot of his character from it. Mm-hmm. Also, it shows that like, he really cares about people's lives. He takes his job very seriously. Yeah. He's a professional. He wants to help. And then when he do, faces something he doesn't know about, he immediately calls for help. Like the oceanographic Institute. He talks about it here. He's like, I've called for a scientist to come out because I don't know what yeah. we're dealing with. I think we need to shut the beach. And he, you know, he's very serious. And then the mayor's like, oh, just for 24 hours. It just, I just really like who he is as a character. And then I don't see how anyone would do anything differently put in those circumstances. Yeah, because, I mean, I think you could give a lot of shit to Brody for not closing the beaches. But, I mean, that's a legitimate concern because it's, a town like that is going to make so much of their year's money off of, like, the 4th of July weekend or the summer. And it goes into a lot of detail about that in the book. I mean, he tries to shut down the beach yeah, the, immediately. The mayor, shuts it. the mayor the mayor shuts down his plants. And so, yeah. it, exactly. even he doesn't he doesn't like fight fight and like quit he does the best he can in the circumstances well here's what i do like about this and we see this later um when the widow comes up and smacks him and says you knew and you still allowed the beaches to close and i think somebody else would have said nah he's the one who made me open the beaches but he doesn't because it was actually his i mean he could have fought a lot harder for it and he chose not to and i understand why he didn't but i like that he takes that and he accepts he accepts responsibility and he turns the mayor and says, yeah. you know, she's right. When he has his like, I told you so moment with the mayor, he could have mm-hmm. gone a lot further, but instead he uses that moment to take advantage of the mayor to get what he needs to get the job done. Right. There are a couple of B storylines in the book that got cut out, um, and I think that it was the right choice to cut them out, but one of the things in the book is that the mayor is involved with the mafia and so he's under a lot more pressure to keep the town open because he is a real estate agent and he's worried about losing all of his rental income and he owes money to mafia. So there's a little bit more of a sinister reason for him wanting to keep the beaches open. So, yeah, we're in that scene where Brody's saying he's going to shut down the beach. And the mayor says, well, just for 24 hours. And then you see nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. And then we see (laughs) apparently before Quint scratched nails down the board, he drew a clever little cartoon of a shark. So I I guess I haven't watched this movie in a few years. And like, it's such a serious scene, which has a silly shark drawing on it. And I'm like, what happens in my movie? Guys, it doesn't. Just have a shark up there. There's a kid in the shark's mouth. No, no there is. How did you not see that? Which means that Quint got there before the meeting started and started drawing this shark. <laughs> Eating a child. Eating a fucking child. And then he stands up and apologizes to the mom. <laughs> Does he? Yeah. I'm sorry, man. He does? <laughs> yeah, he talks to her directly. And then everybody else and then walks out. Like, you didn't just draw a shark eating that person's Maybe son. Maybe that's what he was apologizing for. <laughs> oh, man, that's not your kid? It just all clicked that's with me. That's a different kid. That's how I drew the speech bubble saying, ah, mommy. My, Mikey has seen this movie a thousand times and just realized why Quint apologized to the mom. I thought it 
thought it was because her son died, but it was like, I'm sorry, miss. I didn't I, think you'd be here for my Banksy drawing. <laughs> you know what? I bet he's the one who banged up. Okay, oh, maybe on. he did the sign. Yes, thank you, did. I, I could say did. it. Yeah. He What's vandalized the billboard. Oh, my God. Yeah. That actually does make sense. <laughs> At the bottom, it just says, call Quentin Grant. <laughs> <laughs> it does make sense that he would do that because he wants to pressure the town into paying him $10,000. <laughs> like, that checks out. And he does know a lot about sharks. Richard Dreyfus does say that those dimensions are correct. So, like, he 100% mm-hmm. did it. He is a mumbling evil genius. <laughs> he's this big shark hunter, right? But is the- he? Yeah. I guess he does have a lot of shark mouths. And he's so, like, he's done about a bunch. Yeah. Him. But, like, the whole movie, they're like, there's never any sharks up here. So, like, what is his day job? Well, he sharks hunts around the country. Oh, is that true? He's a rogue shark hunter. You read the book. Is that true? Yeah. I didn't get that vibe from the movie. I thought it was like a local fisherman. Yeah. Uh, Quint, thanks. thanks. <laughs> I hunt sharks. This is our first one. Yeah, right. we don't. What? <laughs> $10,000. I drew a picture of a sharky eating children. In case you had forgotten what happened. I'm sorry, sorry ma'am. I'm sorry, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I god! I remember him apologizing. To and the then world. he, and then he walks out of the room like he drops the chalk and walks out but of the room. He doesn't room. walk out alone. No, he has a minion with him. <laughs> He's carrying a paintbrush, black paint. Okay. He's like, I'm going to the sign. <laughs> They're all at the meeting. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. He left the meeting to go vandalize the sign because no town officials are out. Both the police for the town are in that meeting. Yes. Yes, we figured it out. Give me Spielberg on the phone. Oh, my God. We cracked it. All right. So now Brody and Ellen are talking. And this is a scene that I really like because um, apparently they've gotten the son like a little dinghy boat for his birthday. I'm sorry. What? It's a small sailboat. (laughs) And Brody's looking through shark books. Yeah, this is like the shark book montage where Brody's Uh typing into Google. (laughs) What is a shark? Yeah, he just yells at his library. Jeeves, what a shark! <laughs> yeah, fly open for him. Yeah, and he's looking and he's seeing um, all the gross pictures of shark. You mean like the shark bites? Like shark yeah. bite wounds? I, yeah, there were uh, quite a few pictures that I was not ready for, but yeah, they're like legit. Look. Shark bite attack? I think so. Yeah, like they were horrible. No, Love this scene because, again, one of those subtle character <laughs> scenes for Brody where he is a good husband, talks about his kids. Yeah, and cares. Like worried about them. Well, I like this scene because of Ellen. And I she's like, great. Yeah, she, um, so he's like, he's fine. He's never going to want to go in the water again. He's just sitting in his boat. And then she turns the page and sees a shark eating the shit out of some boat. And then she says, you heard your dad get out of the water. <laughs> it is a funny scene. It, it is. is. I like it. Okay. You're swimming that morning or, I don't know, mid-afternoon, and your friend gets eaten by a shark. Do you, that night, get in a boat in the water? No. I never go to the beach again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I move off that island. (laughs) At at the age of eight, I get a stick in a bindle and walk off the island. All right. So, oh, and I do like this scene, too, because we see our two drunk fishermen just, like, stumbling down this ramshackle dock. And their genius plan to catch the shark and win $3,000 is that they stole their old lady's roast. I don't know what she's going to make for dinner. (laughs) Think of how many roasts you can buy with $3,000. There's no way we'll die because this is the best plan ever. And this dock is real strong. It is. I mean, I like a strong dock. I don't even know if that was a joke. <laughs> it was the cadence of a joke, but I'm not sure if it was an actual joke. It was subtle. 
<laughs> so they've got a tire and a roast, and they just throw it into well, the water. Chain connects them. They're like shark fishing. It's like a, yeah, if you've ever fished, there's like yeah. a bobber lure. It's yeah. like that, but with a tire and like a turkey roast. Yeah, they're shark fishermen with air quotes around those words. Well, and they're really drunk, and they're they all, and they're just sitting on the dock, and he's yeah. like, "Can we go home yet?" But I love how they do this, and it kind of cuts back and forth <laughs> between Brody looking at pictures of sharks. So eventually, they see that the shark or something has taken this roast and it starts to swim away with it and rips the edge of the dock off. Like half of the dock. Yeah, and yeah. One, of the, yeah. one of the local yokels falls into the water. And they like, both do. Yeah, trying to scramble yeah. back on. And you see the end of the dock swimming away. And I love this. Well, one of the guys is stuck on the dock and pulled away. One's, one's back at the regular no, dock no, no, and one gets pulled. Then, You're both right. Because the guy who's further out is on that piece of dock, falls off, and it gets pulled a little bit. because yeah, you yeah. yeah. But like, then he lets go of yeah. it. Yeah, and that's and I think it's genius because it's so many times you don't see the actual shark, but you see whatever the shark has in its mouth or whatever is attached to the shark. Yeah. You see that direction. And it's just amazing because like you don't know how close the shark actually is because you can't see him, but you know that he's coming back. And I love when you just see that piece of the dock turn around and oh, start yeah. going back the you, other it's way. It's a very tense race with a drunk guy swimming. You might say they've introduced a ticking clock. Yes. A ticking shark dock clock. <laughs> it's shark dock o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> it is Doc O'Clock. Oh. It. So anyway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the guy who was closest to the shore but also fell in has climbed out. And mm-hmm. the, the one who was further out swimming back. And this is like a pretty intense moment. Mm-hmm. Even though they're bumbling and stupid. You don't want them to yeah. die. So he, the guy who's climbed up on the dock is trying to help his buddy out of the water. And the shark is getting closer, 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 closer. And he eventually does pull him out just in the nick of time. Mm-hmm. And then the, the pizza dock beaches right next to them. And uh-huh. the guy yeah. goes, again, can we go home now? Yeah. Do they ever name the shark? Jaws. I know his name is Jaws, but I don't think they ever refer no, to him don't. as Jaws. That's what I, that we was my question. We call him Jaws. Yeah. So I was waiting for that to happen, and it just never yeah, happened. Yeah, they don't. Which it's I don't think it needs to happen. No, I don't it's think so still either. a great movie and great name, but I just well, there's only one who's really big and eating everybody, so it's just like that's there's the not shark. Only one, actually, as we're about to find out. Because Uh-oh. there are lots of fishermen on the docks trying to catch the shark, uh, and they're all just idiots. Yeah, well, they're like overcrowding boats, and they're just mm-hmm. st- stupid. They're money hungry. Yeah. But this is where we meet Hooper. Hooper is my favorite character in this movie, and I love Brody, and I love Ellen, and I like pretty much everybody in this movie, but I just love Hooper. I don't know why. I love him, too. Yeah, I think he's, he's great. great, and I, I think all of them are great. I Quint do. is, I think, the craziest character, and I like Quint a lot. You can't understand half of the shit he says, yeah. but it's hilarious. I think like half of the shit he says is awesome. I'm not crazy about Quint. Well, so Hooper, I think, is maybe Richard Drivers' best role. I bet a lot of people would agree with you on that. Turns cause... out he was young at one point. <laughs> <laughs> he has the grayest beard. Well, it's not gray. chest hair. Oh, he's got taco meat. He doesn't have chest yeah, hair. Somebody said, do you have a sweater on? <laughs> but yeah, so he's got gray in his beard and everyone's calling him young man the whole yeah. time. Because he's got a jaunty cap. Well, he pulls up at the dock with like a cheap boat and then later on he's got an expensive boat and I got kind of confused. Yeah, I don't know where the expensive boat came from. So all the fishermen are running around the dock because it's it's the wanted poster. They're, they're trying to get $3,000. Yeah. There's like a bunch of, I don't want to say irresponsible people. But like, but they're irresponsible. Yeah. And I love when Hooper's like, yeah, everybody on that boat's gonna die. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Well, like one guy has dynamite strapped to him and stuff. It's very, yeah, very rough. This is when we find out that they don't have the extra cops coming yet. That's not coming until the 4th of July. So it's just Brody and Deputy Sandcastle. I think that was a TV show, wasn't it? Oh, that was Deputy just Sandcastle. Castle. My bad. Oh. <laughs> I love Nathan Fillion. Nathan Basil, Nathan Fillion. Ooh. 
I have a thing for Nathan's, apparently. <laughs> I think you do. Nathan Fillion was in Firefly. What about Nathan Lane? Honestly, I love Nathan <laughs> yeah, Lane. I mean, have like, you seen The Birdcage? I love that movie. so good. Anyway, if you're out there listening and you're named Nathan, I will fuck you. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That was gross. This podcast is off the rails. So this is where Brody and Hooper meet. <laughs> and it's like they're yes. meet cute. They're like, hey, can you tell me where to find this guy? Oh, hey, well, I'm that guy. Well, it's but Brody's sort of like, well, who are you? Uh-huh. Who oh, are you? Oh, 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 you're the guy I'm looking for? Yeah. Well, then I'm the guy you're looking is for. Is me you're looking for? There's a shark you have a in shark. the sea. <laughs> yeah, they seem pretty happy to see each other. They do. <laughs> um, so then the, I wrote, dumb fishermen are terrible because there's like nine boats in the water and they're all barely not running into each other just dumping chum and throwing dynamite in the water and it's ridiculous and you might as well have yakety sax playing underneath yeah if you sped it up a little bit and played yakety sax yeah. everything would make and sense. they're all yelling at each other yeah well you're like they're chumming each other's waters or whatever yeah. that guy says yeah they are there's a cute lad <laughs> oh <laughs> gross there's a cute yellow lad that looked like macy on one of the boats yeah if you're hunting sharks don't overload a boat and then take your dog with you yeah all right so now Hooper comes in and does the shark topsy on the shark. and he Oh, goes, yeah. And I love how the scene goes out because you can tell that he's still trying to be businesslike, but is very upset because he's like, I need some water. He does a great job in the scene. Yeah. Well, <laughs> honestly, he's acting this out and you don't see really anything that he's describing right. until like the very end of what I guess he would consider the examination. Mm-hmm. And you see like an arm that's like bitten off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like real pissed at the, the, the medical the examiner. The coroner. Yeah, because he's... He's like, you said this was a boat, att- a boat attack. Yeah. <laughs> you said this was a boat attack. It, was uh, it clearly attack. wasn't. Yeah. It was, you know, it was a, shark a shark attack. You're insane. Yeah, yeah, it was a huge effing shark. There's no propeller, mm-hmm. any of that shit. And this, yeah. this humanizes Hooper uh, because he gets kind of sick and nauseous. Yeah, and, and he gets upset that the shark killed this lady. I mean, but he handles his shit. Like yeah. he doesn't lose control of the situation. And honestly, like he's a shark expert. Mm-hmm. He may not have seen a lot of freshly eaten people. Yeah. So that's probably a relatively new experience, Mikey. <laughs> Stop laughing. It's probably a relatively new experience for him, but he handles it well. Brody, also, he just stands back and he's like, you know more about this, so just tell me what you find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we're having a lot of problems with in modern day where the protagonists just know everything all the time. I'm also a shark expert. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So the next thing that happens is we got our giant shark that someone has caught. Yeah, so it's almost think, immediately after that. Mm-hmm. Quint is lurking about with his orca boat. Hiding his paints and ladder, <laughs> yeah. He's just trying. He's waiting. No, he's waiting to escape when everybody is fixated on the shark That's what so they is. don't see him <laughs> getting away but like there's like a reporter guy there is trying to get a picture of everyone who captured mm-hmm. the shark and yeah. the police chief they want they want Brody in the picture and, and it's a big shark it's a decent size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty big shark. And Brody's really excited. He's like, hooray, I didn't ruin well, summer. If you're, yeah, <laughs> if you're a police chief and you're not a shark expert, you're like, a shark was killing people. They killed a shark. And sharks are rare here. Right. Odds exactly. are that's the shark that was killing people. Yeah. Yeah. He, and I think he's more excited that no one else will be killed. Not, yeah, right. me not too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. But also that summer can continue. The town is saved, you know, right. financially and physically. Like, luckily, that makes sense. But luckily they do have a shark expert there and he immediately yeah. goes over and starts measuring the bite he radius. He doesn't give a fuck about the camera. I know. I love that. I do too. Oh, yeah. and then like the other people are like, what kind of shark is this? And he's yeah. like, it's a tiger shark. The guy's like, what? And he then- actually sounds just like that, which is concerning. He sounds like like Baloo from uh, The Jungle Book. Like he sounds like a cartoon character. Yeah. 
Look for those shark necessities. But yeah, so, but Hooper's like got like a measuring tape out and is uh-huh. measuring the mouth and he's like, Psst. That ain't the shark dog. Yeah. <laughs> and Brody's like, what? Yeah. But what he says, too, because he's, but he's like, it, look, it probably is the shark. It's a man eater isn't extremely rare. But the thing is, the bite radius is different. So I don't think this is yeah. the shark that killed this body I just examined seconds ago. So what I want to do, I don't give a fuck about all these people or cameras. I want to cut this shark open right here. And this is when I think the mayor does make a good point. Mayor does, but this is yeah. his first and only good point <laughs> I was in the say, movie. This is the only time he speaks any kind of <laughs> right. sense. Yeah. He, he like, like, he like no. leads over their shoulders like he overhears the conversation he's like we're not cutting up with that shark and have that little boy's remains spill out on the dock okay yeah. people mm-hmm. and they're like oh yeah oh, yeah. oh common decency call. I forgot good call anchor blazer right exactly but they also do kind of posit the theory or the fact that sharks digestive tracks are slow yeah so until th- probably still yeah still the boy would still be as in there sad as that and yeah. gross yeah, so that is mine so like so he says and i don't want this little boy's remains to spill out and then look up and there's um mom widow oh yeah and she yeah. slaps him she, she like does, walk up yeah. and cocks him she's dressed in black mm-hmm. well yeah she's in mourning mikey yeah. she's not a monster yeah but she, like people don't do that right they probably they, did back then yeah i would well you're wearing all black right now so <laughs> i just like I wearing all black because you know Kind of evil. And we talk. <laughs> She's yeah. blaming Brody and Brody mm. takes it, yeah. even though it. I think it's the mayor's fault, it not is his. The but yeah. Fault. Yeah. But again, I mean, he's the one who is in charge of making the decision, you know? I don't think he is because I, he makes a decision and then he gets overruled uh, that's twice. True. That's true. Yeah, yeah, Brody, Brody just does the best he can with the situation. Yeah. Okay. And then this is the give us a kiss scene. And I do really like this scene. This is one of my favorite scenes. Um, yeah. Because he's sitting at the dinner table with his kid and he's like super stressed. Yeah. yeah I could just having a bad day. Sipping on bourbon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's drinking. The kid's drinking a white Russian next to him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the kid is just mirroring everything he does. And I'm not sure if Brody notices that he's doing that. So he starts playing with them. Yeah, I then, think I think Brody's lost in his thoughts. He's yeah. very worried. He's he's not really present in the moment. And then he notices that any movement he makes, his kid's doing, it's a very yeah. cute thing. So he starts doing movements to make mm-hmm. his kid do it. And then it culminates in him asking for the kid to kiss him. And he's yeah. just, because I, I need it. Yeah. Just give us a kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's It sweet. is a really sweet, touching moment. So fun fact about this scene. And kind of just how the script went. So they uh, had the basic script that Peter Benchley adapted. And then um, Steven Spielberg hired someone to kind of make the characters more likable because he thought the characters as written weren't very likable. So we like so, punched up the script, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But so a lot of what they did was they would rewrite the script at night over dinner, oh. um, the, write the script for the next day. And so what happened was Brody was just hanging with this kid and the kid was mirroring him. And so that kind of was just something that oh, they noticed cool. happened and they incorporated it into that's the awesome. thing. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice scene. It's not one of my favorites, but it is one that a lot it of people It is a touching love. moment. And it's a very humanizing thing yeah. for Brody. And just kind of, you can see the weight of all of this on him. It shows the connection to his kids. And his kids are in jeopardy a little bit later. Not specifically that one. But yeah. it shows he really cares about his family. Well, it, does, it, yeah. it just kind of shows that he carries the world on his shoulders, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Richard Dreyfus comes in and is like, knock, knock, knock. And Ellen walks over and opens the door. And he's like, I want to talk to your husband. Yeah. And she's like, yes, yeah, so do I. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which I, I mean, I... <laughs> 
I thought that that was hilarious. It's not. I don't think it's meant to be funny, but yeah. it's just like I like that you don't think Ellen takes shit. Like yeah. I like. I, I like think it's Ellen. meant to be funny, and I think it hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he just barges in and sits down <laughs> at the dinner table <laughs> with and two like, bottles of wine. Yeah, and presumes that he was invited to dinner, and he wasn't. So he just takes Brody's food and starts <laughs> yeah, eating it. That. Yeah, but Brody takes his wine and just pours. That it is true. <laughs> Brody's happy it. to see him. Yeah. yeah. So in the book, this was an actual dinner party that they had. It's a much more complicated scene, and we meet a lot more people in the town in the book. In the book, Hooper and Ellen had known each other um, when they were kids, and Ellen had dated Hooper's older brother. Oh, okay. And in the book, they have an affair. What? Hooper and Ellen? Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. He's he's a lot more like dreamy in the book. I'm not that Richard Dreyfus is not attractive, but like he's more like kind of an alpha rich guy kind of comes from a good country club family kind of guy. And so there's a whole like plot line about how Ellen was in that. She was more one of the visitor people, not one of the townies. And she kind of misses that life because now she's married to the police chief and... So she's kind of trying to reclaim it. And it's really well done in the book, I think. So you think she's justified in cheating on Brody? No, I don't think so. But I think they present her as a well-rounded character. So I understand what why she does it. It's just interesting. I don't think you need it in the movie. And I'm okay with them having taken it out. And the reason that they took it out is because they wanted the camaraderie on the Orca to be more natural. And they wanted they didn't want that tension to be there, you know. I do think that you do get some of the the fact that she misses New York in the hospital scene because she's like, are we going home to New York? Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, our home here. So basically what happens over this dinner is they're talking a little bit about why he's interested in sharks. And um, Hooper's like, yeah, you still have a shark problem. I do like that they get shit faced Mm -hmm. and then go to like do an autopsy on a shark. I like this whole side plot. So they go to uh, cut open the tiger shark. They do. And they find uh, a bunch of fish, Mm -hmm. a license plate. And so, and so Brody's standing back. All this, all this white stuff comes out of the shark. Yeah. Before they cut it open, they're talking about how it's territorial. And so removing the food supply would actually help the shark move on. The food supply being the people at the beach. Exactly. Yeah. And as long as there are people in the water that the shark can eat, there's no reason for the shark to move anywhere else. And this is also where Hooper explains that a person in the water is pretty much like catnip for sharks. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they think that they're seals. So they cut open the shark. They find a bunch of fish like license plates, Mm -hmm. a can, whatever. Yeah, but they don't find little boys. Or any (laughs) human parts at all. Brody's drinking like 20 feet back with his hands on his knees like, oh. He's like, you're gross. I can't (laughs) believe you're doing this. And then Hooper's like, hey, we're going to go see if we can catch this shark tonight. Yeah. Yeah, And Brody's like, like, I'm not drunk enough to do that. And Hooper's like, nah, you actually are drunk enough. (laughs) We should go boat. That's when we find out that Brody wanted to get out of the city. Cool. He just kind of wanted a safer life for his family. Yeah, sure. All right. And then we find out that Hooper's rich. Yeah, because the boat has like, it's tricked out. It's like a yacht. Yeah. And we find out that Brody hates the water. Well, and yeah. doesn't yeah. even really like to get Oh, we found out the dinner party. And then, because his wife, Ellen's like, well, Brody <laughs> yeah. hates the water. And there's, there must be some sort of scientific name for it. He goes, drowning. Yeah. <laughs> but right. the boat has like... CCTV on it. It's uh-huh. got like radar and like. So there's a fish finder. <laughs> and so the fish finder has found something. And Welcome back to fish finders. Uh-huh. Yeah. Our fish finder tracker breaking is tracking a school <laughs> of fish. Beep, beep, beep. 
It does sort of sound like that. And so they go and they see an abandoned boat and we find out it's Ben Gardner's boat. And I know that name because he's a bigger character in the book. Well, he mentions him a couple of times in passing. Yeah, I bet Ben Gardner will get that fish. He's like the the local Quint. Like he's probably their best fisherman in town. Ah. And so he's the one that Brody. (laughs) Are you saying he's a big fish in a small pond? He kind of is. He's a a big fish in a small island for sure. (laughs) So it's Ben Gardner's boat, but it's abandoned. And so Hooper thinks now's a great time to go scuba diving, murder a shark in the water. And Brody's like, let's just tow it in. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Brody's ever the drunk voice of reason says, let's just tow the boat in and see what happened. And Hooper's like, I gotta see something. Turn the lights on. I was like, what do you mean turn the lights on? It's the ocean in the middle of the night. I I got yellow glow sticks. Yeah, he's like, don't worry about it. Exhibit tricked out my boat. (laughs) So we're cool. Hit that switch and it turns on these yellow lights out of the water. The the ocean looks like a lighted dance floor. Yeah. Yeah. And so they go into the boat and I think this is when you said I would never get in the water or take a bath again. No, ever. It is real scary. This is one of the scariest parts of the movie, I think. I think it, well, it is definitely the most jump scary part of the movie. Yes, because he gets in, goes to the boat that's underwater, and then boom, face. Mm-hmm. Well, he finds it. He finds a giant. Finds shark Finds a tooth. big tooth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, oh, this is a gray white in his yeah. mind. He says that. Right. You don't hear that dialogue. Right. You just see the bubbles come up. <laughs> the thought bubbles. Yeah. And-, <laughs> <laughs> and oxygen. But yeah, probably. And then he sees Ben's head coming out of the hole in the boat right yes. at you. And it's a big jump scare. And fun fact about this, he actually added that scene in later because he wanted one more jump scare in the movie. Fair enough. Yeah. And he did it. He filmed the part where the head comes out in his friend's pool. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, okay. And so they drop the shark tooth. Well, he does. He does. terror, yeah. Yeah, As because... you would do when you see a head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, underwater, yeah. right? I'm not freaking out looking at your head right now. Well, I mean, if my head was decapitated, you might drop that mic. I yeah. definitely would. Shark-capitated. Yeah. And the eyes are a little <laughs> buggy out, too. Yeah, get it right, Mikey. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, 100% I would drop that shark tooth. Yeah, and, and he then does. pee myself back Turning to the boat. The water yellow. <laughs> yeah, and he does. The water is very yellow when it gets out. Mm-hmm. Mine would be brown. <laughs> so now they're talking to the mayor again and they're saying, found the shark tooth. We know it's a big shark. We know Ben Gardner's dead and he's a constituent jerk. And um, <laughs> But he voted Democrat, so wrap it up, boys. More or less, the, mayor, the, the mayor's like, well, do you have the tooth? No, I dropped it when I saw your constituent dead underwater. Yeah. So here's what I hate about this conversation. I don't have the tooth, but I have his head. Do you yeah, want to see that, true. Mr. Mayor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could have been a boating accident. What? Yeah, it could have uh-huh. been one of those boating accidents where, like, you know, the boat propeller breaks off and then rips out <laughs> shark bite looking holes in the boat. Yeah. It's classic case of that. And uh, then cut your head off uh, and plants it at the bottom of the boat. Yeah, the mayor's and like, then disappears. <laughs> the mayor's like, this was obviously attacked by Davy Jones and the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> They're saying, we definitely need to close the beaches. And Hooper is saying, it's a great white shark. I've seen it. It's tooth. Not only are we going to have to close the beaches, but we have to hire somebody to catch the shark. Yes. And Hooper's saying you have to either kill it or you have to cut off its food supply, meaning closing the beaches, so that it will move on. And this is when we see Quint's handiwork. Yes. Because By that we mean it sort of pans over to reveal the Amity sign that's now <laughs> defaced with a shark fin. <laughs> and uh, I think the woman has like got bugged like, out ah, eyes and a I think it, like, is that what it is? Yeah. This is where we see Quint's second 
getting Banksy. Yeah. And yeah. it does kind of look the same style. It does. You yeah. mean not great? Well, <laughs> yeah. cartoony, yeah, yeah. cartoony, little ham fisty, but gets the point across. Yes. Oh, and so um, the mayor says, well, the beaches are going to stay open. Right. It's 4th of July tomorrow. We're not closing the beaches. You're insane. Right. So it's 4th of July excitement time. Beaches are crowded. You literally see barges bringing people over. Like it's right. a huge event. Yeah, but everybody is sitting on the beach and nobody <laughs> wants to go in the water because there are just as many boats patrolling the water for yes. sharks. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, and a helicopter. Yeah. There's a helicopter. Yeah. Hooper's out in the water with a bunch of boats. They're all, mm-hmm. They're all walkie-talkies. Guns mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. And then Brody's on the beach with some of his people, and the light and the lifeguards are now here. Yeah, and there's news reporters here talking uh-huh. about, like, the shark that ate the kid. Yeah. And, fun fact, the reporter that is talking is Peter Benchley, who wrote the book. I'm surprised he gets a cameo. That never happens. He actually did a decent job. I think he did a great yeah, he job. he did. I mean, he yeah. adapted the script, too. Well, I know, but, like, most writers of movies are not in the movies. But, no, I think you're right. It's rare for that to happen. But this book was really, like, a really big bestseller, um, and it was adapted right after. I, I actually think the rights were bought before so he had a lot of clout and i think he yeah. could say but i think he, he did a could great demand job. a high price and he could say but i want to be in this too yeah i mean i think he did a great job i, I mean he's playing a, a reporter so it's not like yeah. a super like deep character but he does mm-hmm. a good job with it all right so now mikey michael <laughs> michael is going to swim in the pond he says and who is michael babies michael is the, the older son. the oldest son has his dinghy mm-hmm. and him and his group of friends are going to put in the ocean and then his dad's like Hey, can you put that in the pond because the killer shark or whatever? And he's like, Dad, that's for old ladies. And he's like, do it for your old man. Yeah, yeah. And he does. He's a good kid. He does. But yeah. I, okay, so I thought ponds were like not a part of the ocean. And so it can't be a real pond. No, I well, think no, it's like I mean, an offshoot. Yeah. It's, 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 like a, it's like a lagoon. Yeah. Like the bay side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Which makes sense. There's a bridge right. between the ocean and that, and there's like it's like calmer water and it's stuff. Like yeah, a ki- the kiddie pool of the ocean. Well, because they expect the shark, if it's gonna come, to be uh, on ocean side, right? right? Not in the lagoon area. But because they were referring to it as a pond, I was like, okay, so that kid's just safe because the yeah. shark can't get into a legit pond. He but not safe from strange men. Bridge. Yeah, I mean, he can't we, like free Willy into the pond. Uh, but we do see eventually as the mayor walks up and talks to like this family, oh. and he's like, hey. Why don't you guys go swim? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's wearing a full suit. The other yeah. guy's like, I just put on some sunscreen and you're like really creepy. I mean, me but out. clearly he just doesn't want to get in the water because of the sharks rumors, right? Yeah. <laughs> rumors? Like most people who I live there watch people die. I guess it's not a rumor. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he shames this man into putting his family in jeopardy. And then he gets up and grabs his kids and his wife grabs the kids' hands and walk into the water and mm. they look terrified. They the do. wife is so terrified. Yeah. yeah. She's like, my children, they're going to, we're all going to get eaten by sharks. And like, if I was to that, I'd be like, you guys stay here. I'll get into a piece. He's the mayor, but I don't want. And then they—they they don't just stay in. in. They're not just like knee high. No, they like go in. And then as yeah. soon as they go in, everybody just runs in. Yeah. And Lemmings. so then we see, <laughs> then we see um, a shark fin, and everybody screams and starts freaking yeah. out and running. People out. are getting trampled and everything. <laughs> Seven and people die. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it goes that far, <laughs> but there is someone who's like passing on the beach, uh-huh. and Brody comes over like, "Give him air, give him air." Yeah. But then we find out that that shark fin was actually just a red herring. It is. Is. Yeah, and I like oh, how this nice. happens Nailed because it. it's... He's red herring. is a fish. The red uh, herring is a fish. <laughs> Welcome to the conversation. Yeah. Um, and so the kid, it's two kids. <laughs> 
I haven't done that in a while. I know. Right. But so it's the two little kids. And I love how this happens because they just turn around and they're scared of shit because there's like 9,000 guns pointing right at them. Yeah. <laughs> and then he looks over and he goes, he did it. He talked me into he it. Me just sells his kids. Hot take. Out. I think Quint sent those kids in. Yeah, I, I think, think so too. It's Quint's I mean, bird. this whole thing has been a shakedown. Yeah. So he is trying to get them to pay his money. A sharky shakedown. A sharky shakedown. Do you think Quint led the shark to Amityville? To, <gasps> to... <laughs> there is a reading of this movie where Quint brings about his own destruction trying to shake down a town <laughs> in a sharky shakedown. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So so all the people get tra- trampled during the panic and then Brody's trying to help them. And then all of a sudden you hear a shark. Shark. It's going into the pond. And Brody's like, what now? What now? Well, it's, like, it, it's not on the main beach where you hear that. Because it's like an artist who's painting and like two kids over there. <gasps> and then you see her yelling shark, yelling shark. And then you see Brody's kid, Mikey. Yeah. Not, not Pod oh, Mikey, yeah, yeah, but yeah, kid yeah. Mikey. And he's like on his boat with his friends. And they're like arguing over a knot or something. Oh, then this, this creepy adult dude. adult man orbs up on them and says, hey, do you kids need some help? He's like, hey. He's a, I'm sure he's just free a nice candy gentleman. on my dinghy. Oh. And then the, he he's have creepy, to say the word gross because, because the listeners can't see my face. Uh, yeah. Well, let's go back and like replay the scene. The kids were like, "No, dude, we don't need help." And he's like, "Are you sure you don't yeah. need help?" And, and he's then like paddling closer. Yeah. And then the shark, also hero of this movie, <laughs> saves them. Yeah. He ate that pedophile. Yeah. I'm sure he's just a kind gentleman oh. trying to teach them how to tie some knots. That's how they convince you that they're good people. <laughs> and that man in that dinghy, John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> <laughs> but you see the you see more of like the full size of the shark in this scene because it goes yeah. under the it goes under the bridge. You're like, that is a huge shark. It is I a think big this shark. This might be the first time you actually see the shark at yeah. all. Oh, I think I think you're right. Yeah, oh, no, you see it a little bit when, when it kills the little boy. But I feel like that's not clear enough to really see what it is. I think yet. it is the first time you see the shark. Although I do know from the book that that guy who like wrote up on them and the dinghy is a pedophile. It's in the book. It goes into a lot of detail yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The FBI was Did on the case. That? You talked about that a lot in our book club meeting. About this, right? I don't really agree. I would love a, a good podcast that's just about you showing up to book clubs and pretending you read the book. <laughs> uh, that's not a podcast so much. It's just me getting beat up with people with books. Yeah, who are wine drunk. <laughs> so the, the shark starts eating the pedophile guy. And then uh, the shark Mike, starts eating the guy in the red boat. Yes. Yeah, whatever. And yeah, pedophile Mikey guy, like and his fall out. Mikey watches the guy very intently get very eaten and it's very oh, graphic. Yeah. Blood splurts everywhere. We Mikey's see his leg face. drift to the bottom of the lagoon. Oh yeah. He doesn't have a leg to swim on. <laughs> <laughs> But Mikey is like legit in shock. He's yeah. very terrified. His friends mm-hmm. have to drag him out of the water. Brody runs up. And he drags him out, but we see his feet, too. Right. So we know it wasn't his leg. It right. was It was maybe pedophile's leg. It was, was Peter. Arm. It was Peter's leg. Peter File. You know him. He was the guy <laughs> in the boat. I hear he's okay. <laughs> he was getting real close to the kids. I didn't like it. You guys say I project stuff on <laughs> Hey, I just read the book, man. <laughs> <laughs> but he's okay. And so the next thing we see is him in the hospital. He's just in shock. He's just going to stay overnight mom's gonna bring his cars it's gonna be fine 
And she wants to go back to New York because there aren't sharks in New York. Yeah, this yeah. is like I, what I think is the nod to the book of her missing New York. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's in the hospital, including the mayor, and the mayor's all frazzly too. And so then Brody like walks him over behind the curtain and makes oh, yeah. him sign the order to hide. I like this because you can tell Brody, Brody is pissed. Yeah, he's yeah. letting him the mayor's shit about closing the beaches oh, yeah. or not yeah. closing the beaches. He says, what are you doing? You're the mayor of Shark City. And how many people, I think he says that, right? Yeah. How many people have died at this point? Like yeah. four or five, right, mm-hmm. at this point have died. Yeah. Many more possibly could have died. Yeah, they're like, you're paying Quint. And he's he like, sign this form. And he doesn't really argue with him, too, because he's like, look, my kids were on that beach, too. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, the, my, the mayor's bought in on it. Yeah, yeah. So at this point in the book, like once he signs this order, he moves out of town, like I think on the run from the mob. Does he resign? Right. He's really with the mob? Yeah, he's like owes money to like to a loan shark. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. I don't remember exactly what it is. But yeah, that's why he's so, um, because he doesn't want, he's a real estate agent. He doesn't want to lose his summer rentals because he owes a lot of money to the mafia. Mm, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. And so now we're talking to Quint and they're hiring him and he's like boiling his shark jaws to decorate his shark house. Because it's, yeah, like all over his shack mm-hmm. or whatever he has, yeah. his yeah, shark mouths. <laughs> yeah. The shark shack. If you see a boiled shark <laughs> at the side of the house, you gotta get on down to the shark shack. That's like a commercial for a uh, seafood restaurant. <laughs> but this is where they all decide to go out together, and it yeah. seems like Quint is not on board. No, he doesn't like Hooper. Um, Hooper tries to do some kind of not audition for him, but he shames him and says, "You got city hands, boys." And I mean, he nails the not audition. He does. Yeah, he gives Hooper so much shit about he wanting does. to go on that boat, mm-hmm. and then Brody's like, "Well, I'm paying for this." I'm just going to go. Is that cool? He's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He like likes Brody for some reason. I think he likes Brody. You. you seem like a man. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Hooper is seen as the young, like college rich kid. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I sort of understand why Quint is like, you haven't done shit. You're a rich man's son. Yeah. I, it's completely unjustified, but I sort of buy that Quint believes that, if that makes sense. Well, and I also think that he he looks at Hooper as somebody who leans too much on technology, and he's like a real salt-of-the-earth fisherman guy. He's a real Ahab. Like, I smell fish. Yeah. I don't understand. Oh, no. He just starts saying words, and then he just sings the song. He's mumbling half of the movie. He's drunk the whole movie. Yeah, I love Quint, but I don't understand half he of what he says. Aqua Mc- 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 <laughs> <laughs> he is an Aqua McCready. About 10 years older. Yeah. So apparently he and uh, Richard Dreyfuss did not get along on the set at all. Like, <laughs> like Robert Shaw that was came kind of across, yeah. yeah. Apparently Robert Shaw liked to drink a lot on the, sh- the set wow. and also would run off to Canada whenever he could to avoid some kind of tax issues or something. I like Robert Shaw. <laughs> he does a good job. He really he does. Though, I don't yeah. really recognize him from anything else. So now Brody and Ellen are saying goodbye to each other, and she's really nervous. And I so, would be too. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, and she's got a right to be because he almost dies. And they're off. But so Ellen leaves, and that's the last time we see her in the movie. Oh, yeah. You don't see her again. I guess the movie does just sort of end before they get back to shore. So there is no, like, welcome home. I think one thing we missed, well, one part of the scene we missed was uh, Quint getting all his, like, old-timey fisherman stuff ready, opposed to Hooper's new You know what? That's true. Yeah. Quint is loading, like... He's got, like, a rifle and, like, rope and, like, a hook, and he's like, (laughs) bring it all that crap. All you need is this. Okay, so they're off, and they're dumping chum in the water, and Martin dumps the cage over, and they're 
they're talking about, oh, those are tanks of compressed air that might blow up. Wanky blanky. Yeah. <laughs> I actually did say, because they show the tanks a few times and like linger on those shots. Yeah. You so didn't I, say it at this point, but you did say it. No, no, no. It was, it was like the next time you're like, what's up with these oxygen tanks? And then Bro- Brody pulled the wrong knot, which spilled him. So they both yell at him and he's yeah. like, I'm sorry, guys. So I'll I go back to the. Yeah, but this is when they start to reel him in on yeah. the big fishing pole. Mm-hmm. He ends up cutting the line or biting through. No, the, the line. shark bites through the steel part of the line. Right, right, right. And this whole time, Hooper's been like, that's not the shark. That's that's like a tuna or a marlin or something. Yeah. I, I know. I got all my city knowledge. I know what sharks do. I got science to explain sharks. And Quinn's like, no, no, no. I think this is a shark. And I think he's smart. And so this is when we kind of see the two, the dichotomy between Quentin and Hooper start to come out. Yeah. And it turns out it was. I mean, I guess we don't ever know for sure if it was the shark. But it was the shark. It yeah, was. yeah. The implication. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it says no one could cut through that wire. He says he's either very smart or very dumb. I think this might be my favorite scene in the movie. This is when Brody is um, dishing out the chum and just kind of is forgetting what he's doing and not really on alert. And then the shark just kind of swims up. And this is the clearest that we see yeah. it and just bites the chum. And I love how they cut this because Brody go, sits back really quickly and just the angle and the way they cut, they edit it. I just love it. Well, and he just stands up and like backs up mm-hmm. and then talks to Quint and he goes, you're going to need a bigger boat. We're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. yeah. That line was ad-libbed, by the way. Was it really? Was it? It's like one of the most famous lines in the movie. Yeah. He will not let the bigger boat thing go. Yeah. Yeah. Although he was absolutely right. Oh, yeah. 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 They all pick on him at first Uh and then like later on they're all like... We probably should add a hey, bigger yeah, boat. Hey, yeah, we did need a bigger boat. <laughs> yeah. Our bad. Yeah. Um, I'd be on a cruise ship like, we got to get this shark. Yeah. I'll be down in the casino. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know. I'll be singing karaoke. <laughs> Sweet <laughs> Jazzy Fish. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. I bet Quinn never tasted so good. So good. So good. Chomp, chomp, chomp. <laughs> I'm in the yeah. conga line. I'm just like, what are we doing out here? Quint and you are drinking in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now Jaws is circling. And this is when they start yeah. to pull the barrels out. And I love the barrels, too. Um, and Hooper's trying to get... So we see him, and they're saying, oh, he's got to be 25 feet. He's three tons. Um, and Hooper's trying to get Brody to go out onto the end of this walkway so he can take a picture <laughs> yeah. of him in scale. And Brody's like, fuck no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you're, like, you're insane. Eat my ass. I'm getting back into the boat. I know. That's one thing I think I like I like about Spielberg's style, and you can see it a lot in this movie, is that people just have these conversations that are really realistic, the yeah. way people would actually talk to each other, and I think it humanizes the characters a lot. I think he does a great job with that, yeah. Not just so in this too. movie, but yeah. Quint gets his shark gun, and mm-hmm. like the dart. It's yeah, a harpoon guess, attached yeah. to a yellow barrel mm-hmm. that'll make it hard for the shark to dive down or swim. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Hooper is attaching like a, a strobe light to the top of it mm-hmm. in case he wants to go to a dance party. Yeah. So Quint shoots it just in time as Hooper ties on the strobe light mm-hmm. and then the, the first barrel goes out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. And then goes under because it's a giant shark. Yeah. Yeah. And so now they have to find him again and just wait. And then we get the um, Indianapolis scene, the USS Indianapolis I scene. love this part of the movie. This is this where they're all drinking? Yes, they're all inside the boat. It's nighttime. So this is like in Lethal Weapon, like before Mel Gibson like has sex with the main chick in that movie, they're like comparing scars and stuff. And that's exactly what's happening in this scene. So it made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what, what is this scene happening? No, no, you're right. But I saw them in a, the reverse order. Brody's just being quiet and drinking and then but like Hooper and uh, Quinn are like well look at this and, and they're like putting their legs on each other and like they're comparing stuff to each other's legs yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's a lot very, of male bonding it's very 
very then, weird. Um, Hoover makes this dumb joke about having a scar right here where Mary Sue Ellen broke his heart. And by, <laughs> and by Mary Sue Ellen, he means Ellen, Brody's wife. <gasps> what? What? Oh my God! Yeah, Nailed it. We know. So, they, so then, uh, I think that's somehow Quint's fault too. Quint, uh, Quint <laughs> Brody's like, "Well, what's this on your arm?" And Quint's like, "That's the Indianapolis." There you go. That, was, that was the tattoo of the Indianapolis. You yeah. hear Hooper's record brain record scratch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, so then he starts telling this story about the USS Indianapolis. It's quite the monologue. It is. I mean that literally. Like it's, it's really good. good. There's yeah. Some controversy about who actually wrote the monologue too. I have a fun fact about this too, and I can because most of what he's saying is actually accurate. Um, it was the USS Indianapolis, and one of the top secret missions was to deliver a piece of the bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima, and he talks about that. Yeah, yeah, he mentioned it, that. It gets torpedoed, and there were 1,195 people on board, and 300 of them went down with the ship originally, and I think it sank in like 12 minutes after it got torpedoed, and only 316 of them survived. How long did it take for them to get rescued? Okay, so he said that it was because the mission was so top secret that they didn't find out about it for a week. And so what I found was that it's a little unclear why they didn't find out immediately, but they didn't find out for like three and a half days. Wow. So they were all just kind of in God, the... Um, that would be terrifying. Well, yeah. and, then, and then that's like the... But in his monologue, he says 1,100 men went down in the water. Yeah. 300 the, came out. And the sharks killed all of them but 300. So he yeah. tells this whole story about how they all like swam together. They all had life jackets. They would be in squares. Like Found his friend he thought was asleep, but right. it turns out he'd been bitten in half. Yeah. Yeah. And he just tells a story about how sharks killed all of these sailors. Mm -hmm. And that happened too. Um, they said the four things that got them was um, dehydration, exposure, yeah. Saltwater poisoning, which I just learned was a thing, and sharks. I mean, they can't really know for sure, but they said there was probably oceanic white tip sharks and tiger sharks. Ugh. Yeah. For Quint, this is before therapy was popular. Right. So instead, he dedicated his life to killing as many sharks as possible. Yeah. And never wearing life vests again. Yeah. Right. But this story is a horror movie. Like, it is. Someone yeah. needs to make that a horror movie. There was a, sh they definitely do. There was um, a Shark Week special on this, and I think <sighs> it was an hour or too long, and it was well done. And the way he describes it is in great detail, and it's there's a lot mm -hmm. of emotion in his voice, and they're drinking, and the other two guys are like glued in, and mm -hmm. then like, you really just get the the first insight to like what true Quint is like. Yeah. Right. It's a and great monologue. I'm going to link some of this because there's more like apparently the rescue was just nuts and there was like a plane involved and they were trying. And I think well, he, he mentions the, this he's, a little yeah, bit. He says in his monologue that the plane has to make a bunch of trips and that was the scariest part to see if he would even make it on the plane. Yeah. Ugh. So he's telling this story and then they start hearing whales calling and the shark starts bumping the boat at this yeah. point. Somehow the ship catches on fire or something. I think everything is just something falls off the like, counter and it catches on yeah. fire. An oil yeah. lamp. I do love how Quint is like, hey, Brody, put that fire out. <laughs> like he's like yeah. doesn't and care. He's panicking and like, yeah. ah. Quint is too drunk to care about anything, though. That's my point. I think well, it's yeah. hilarious. And I just kept writing barrel is back because we see the barrel pop up. And There's a lot of that, though. Yeah. yeah, there is. And then the shark goes under the boat and they're trying to grab the barrel back. And the shark almost comes up and bites them because I guess they forgot that the shark can swim and bite them if they're hanging. Well, as I explained it to later, they're trying to attach the boat. Well, I the see that. To the boat yeah, you so see that later. Drag the shark. Well, and they and they're not able to this time. 
attach the shark to the right. boat. And this is all Quint's method of hunting and killing the yeah. shark. Mm-hmm. He wants to go it on his own because Brody tries to call the Coast Guard, rightly so, oh. and then Quint goes and smashes the shit out of the CB radio. This is the part that's more like a horror movie when someone just makes a real terrible decision. Yeah, yeah I don't. dooms him. I don't understand this well, he's at the one all. That pays the price. Very Captain Ahab. It is very um, Ahab. He like he. This is my shark to well, kill. Well, you can see Quint getting more unhinged as he goes and learns that the shark is smarter and smarter and stronger and stronger. Yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. this is it. This is the alpha shark. Yeah. yeah. So they eventually do shoot another barrel into it, though. Mm-hmm. So now it's a two-barrel shark. And they're trying to tie the barrels to the boat. But they actually do this time. Hooper does get squished by mm-hmm. the, the rope. And it looks painful. It really does. Yeah. yeah. And Quint's now like, hey, we got it. We've solved the problem. We're just going to toot on back into shore. Yeah, and we're going to drag him into shore. Yeah. And yeah. then the shark starts dragging the back of the boat down. This is insane. It really is. I mean, it's pulling him backwards. It's not dragging yeah. them down so and much. This is, is why it's you like needed a bigger backwards. boat. Yeah. Exactly. Because they shoot another air, uh, another barrel into it, and the barrel just three start barrel shark. flying around, and oh, it's yeah. like going under the water and jerking yeah. the boat down, and yeah. And so finally, Quint has to cut the rope because water's going. Oh, into he doesn't the boat. even get to. He doesn't get to cut it. The, he it, doesn't. No, he the shark pulls. He does get a big machete, but it rips the the, the shark pulls oh. the cleats out before he even gets to cut it. And then that's why he takes the machete and slams it into the side of the boat, which comes back into play as he's getting eaten because he grabs it and starts stabbing yeah. the shark with it. It's shark shadowing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does go under the boat, though, and causes a big wave that kind of rocks the boat a bunch. But so now they decide to head into shallow water. And this is where I got a little confused because Quint, I wrote, he's kind of a loose cannon because he's just kind of losing it. And he's punching the boat so fast. I don't understand this like either. He's like burning the engine out. Yes, the shark's attached to the boat still and the barrels are behind it. They're pulling the shark to the shallow waters, but then Hooper's like, don't put that much in the engine, and, and then Quint just goes nuts and goes full throttle. I don't think he is attached to the boat. I think he, he's just chasing the boat. Yeah. yeah, he's just chasing the boat, and Quint is like going full steam ahead, yeah. and he blows up the engine. Literally, mm-hmm. the engine explodes. Yeah, the boat kind of explodes, and yeah. then starts flooding with water, and then the barrels go down. Duh. And so now, Quint's like, hey, Hooper, why don't you tell me that about that shark tank? What's up with those shark harpoons? Yeah. Because now they, they don't know what to do. Yeah, Quint has, finally has that moment where like, okay, my methods didn't work mm-hmm. and this shark escaped. Mm-hmm. Or, and it's still hunting us. Yeah, so, or he's just like, I'm going to give you to the shark because yeah. I don't want to deal with your shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I know the shark cage plan is not going to work, yeah. but, but I, I want to deal with you. I don't want to hear I told you so from you. Yeah. Well, Brody's like, what? What's the plan? He's like, I'm going to put poison in this dart and then I can't get it through the skin, so I'm going to... Put it in his mouth or his eyeball. And Brody's like, I don't know about that, bro. Mm-hmm. You should just try to shoot. So they start building the shark shark cage. Yeah. And so he goes yeah. down and he, Hooper's real nervous, rightly so. Like he doesn't have enough spit for his goggles. And it's not sitting on the surface. They like put the shark cage like halfway down the water. Yeah. Which I think is what you would normally do. I don't know. I've, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm either. never doing that. I, I'm that not is doing that. 47 meters down. And so he starts to see the shark swimming up to him and swim past him. And then the shark bumps him from behind and starts attacking the cage and breaking in. And Hooper's trying to stab him with a harpoon. Uh-uh. Hooper's not a really good, like... He's not good at handling things in the water. Yeah. A little yeah. butterfingers. Okay, so the the poker that's poisoned falls to the seafloor, right? Right. And then he eventually has to get out of the shark cage because it's destroyed. And then he goes and hides in the... the he hides underwater for the rest of the film. Yeah. yeah I thought almost. he I thought he was going to grab that thing and that he was going to stab the shark as it was uh, trying to eat Quint and then they would all live 
But that's not how it played no, out. That's, that <laughs> that's what I thought, though. I no. thought it was going to happen. But he's yeah. got a scuba tank. Like, he's fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and also, like. Exactly I'm, what I would have done. Yeah. Yes. Like, I'm not going to come back. If I see the shark halfway in the boat, I'd just be like. Right. They'll get it. Yeah. yeah. You are you guys got this, right? Yeah. 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 So now the shark is inside the cage and starts to drag the boat down because the cage is attached to the boat. Right. And so they try to pull the cage. So once they finally get the shark out or once the shark gets out of the cage, they pull the cage up and they see that it's empty and all fucked up. So they're like, well, I guess. well, he's dead. Yeah. And then the shark belly flops onto the boat. I couldn't believe this. I know. <laughs> I could not believe it. I was like, wow, really? Well, no, I got to run. Right at Universal Studios, you're not going to believe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they're both sort of sliding down to it, mm-hmm. Brody and Quint. Yeah. But and- Quint is too drunk to stay <laughs> to stay uh, just above kind of water. Like yeah. flop into the shark's yeah. mouth. Yeah. And Brody's like holding on to a lot of stuff because it's a full boat. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to hold on to. Quint just butterfingers the boat he and does. slides into the mouth of the shark. But he grabs that machete and he stabs does. him a bunch in the eye. He does, and it doesn't help him at all, but yeah, it does. I know you said this was a little cartoonish, but I thought this scene is effective. I like, do. The, 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 bloody the mouth comes down and clenches it and on his legs first. He just yells in such pain. And yeah, like, I think it works. It's not bad. It just doesn't look great. Yeah. They it looked make really this, good back then. Yeah, for the time, I'm sure it looked amazing. But it's not near as good as like Sharknado. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, where's the chainsaw? Yeah. You know? Come on. Oh my God. All right. So now the boat is legit <laughs> sinking. And so now yeah. the shark can just swim through the window in to try to get Brody. Yeah, all it does. Yeah, yeah Brody's yeah. in like the crew compartment. And yeah. Like it's flooding up to his waist or like more. And then like the shark just swims, tries to swim up in there yeah. and get him. And he takes one of those compression tanks and just punches him in the face and ends up jamming it in his mouth. I don't think he meant to get it in the mouth. I think he was I, just hitting him in the face. He was panicking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that just happened to work out. Yeah, it did. It worked yeah. out great. And I love how this is shot because he's at the top of the boat that is now like feet above the, the water. Mast. He climbed to the crow's nest, yeah. And the shark is right underneath him trying to eat him and get up to the boat and just waiting for the boat to sink to eat yeah. him. Oh, the shark just swims away yeah, and the then circles, circles back, back. Yeah. to come back at him as he's falling into the water. But Brody, and, of course, grabs the World War II era rifle. Yeah. I love the shot because the crow's nest is sideways. He's like yeah. hover, like feet above the water just waiting and he's takes a lot of shots that miss. And he says, smile, you son of a bitch. And gets him and blows Boom. the shark up. And these effects, Todd said, this is how styrofoam sinks. I think I said sharkrofoam well, sinks. The uh, second time you said sharkrofoam. I like this effect. Cause <laughs> it's like, a punch I do jokes. too. Blown up shark head and then like a body with just so much blood sinking to the bottom. Yeah. yeah. It was good. No, I think and it's then, effective too. <laughs> and then Hooper on the bottom is like, oh. Oh, I can, I can come up now. Yeah. Oh, that was a big explosion. Yeah, I think we're good. But Phew. he doesn't come up with the explosion. He waits for the body to hit the ground. That's true. Yes. <laughs> the I shark mean... tail lands next to him and he's like, oh, okay. I think we're good. Actually, I would actually, I would have been would... swimming to shore underwater. And that's the movie. Well, no, well that's no, almost, uh, that's yeah. almost uh, the movie. Cooper comes back up and, and then Brody's like, Yo, I killed that shark. Yeah, <laughs> what like, happened to Quint? And Brody's like super excited about it. And he's like, I'm not afraid of water anymore. Yeah. yeah. He says, I always hated the water. And then Hooper's like, I can't imagine why. And then they 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 uh, they make like a little raft and paddle to shore. Out of the buoys, yeah. yeah. And, and then sweet. just swim to shore. And that's the movie. And that's the movie. Yeah, yeah. The credits. Yeah, so I think this is a great movie. I do. Yay. I think it's a great, great movie. I do too. I love this movie. I would watch this again. Like, I, But I don't think it's like a super scary horror movie. So yeah. 
But I think it's a great movie. Like I, I thought my entire life that this was a very scary movie. Of course, never having seen it, right? Right. But just people talking about it. I knew the genre it was, and I knew what it was about. And I was like, no, I don't want to do any of that. And so I avoided this movie. And I wish I hadn't. It's a great movie. I I love this movie. It's one of my all time favorites. Yeah. Uh, and it's because the characters are so good. And it really is. And it's not jump scary. And it's not scary. It taps into a deep fear that we all have when we get oh, in the yeah. water when we can't see it. I don't want to get in the pool right now. Right. So it's not like you're scared watching the movie. You're scared when you go to the beach the next week. Yeah. Or Ever. never. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm never doing that. <laughs> right. And so that's horror in a different way, I think. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's like lingering horror. Yeah. It sticks with you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like dating me. But I'm not in the water right now, <laughs> so I'm not afraid there's a shark behind me, but I do think about it, you know? Yeah. Right. I don't swim oh, in the I've ocean. seen a shark in the ocean. It was scary. It took off at a speed that was ridiculous. And I was like, okay, so those are my death machines, and I got out for a while. I just love this movie. I think it's really fun. Yeah. It holds up. I I love the characters, Hooper especially. I think this movie ruins all ocean-based horror movies for the end of time. Wow, that's a hot take. I don't think it ruins them. Yeah. Deep Blue Sea, the Megalodon, the Meg or whatever. All these movies really suck compared to this movie. But I can still enjoy Deep Blue Sea in a different way. Like, I think I can enjoy Jaws and enjoy another movie even though they're not... Oh, I can enjoy Deep Blue Sea as being silly, but I mean, like, a serious horror movies are not a zero-sum game, Mikey. I also don't think the purpose of this movie is the same as the purpose of those movies. Yeah, Because I think this is more of, like, a character-driven action-adventure. I love Deep Blue Sea, though. I don't think it's a great movie, but I love it. Is it trying to be more scary than this is, though? It's more action-adventure, though, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It'll try to be a little bit more scary. It's got a cool day, too. His Hat is like a shark fin. And he, there's a parrot in that movie. I, uh-huh. I I listened to the How Did This Get Made episode on it and it was hilarious. <laughs> so let's talk box office because clearly this did very, mm-hmm. very, very well. Came out in 1975 mm-hmm. and the budget for this movie was $7 million, which in 1975 is not nothing. That's yeah. a good uh-huh. amount of money well, for a 1975 month. He went over budget and was under a lot of pressure from the studio and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. Well, he delivered. So domestic, it made $260 million. That's in just 70s the, money? In 75. So that's just domestic, right? And then foreign, it made 210. So it made... Four hundred and seventy million dollars in nineteen. That seems insane. Seventy-five. It's that that is insane. Yeah, How much was- is that in today's money? All-time adjusted monies. It is number seven on the all-time wow money wow. list. Let me tell you how much it made, though. So, if you adjust for inflation, it made. billion. Wow. That's just when it was in theaters. It's made so much more money since then. But the movies that beat it are Ten Commandments, Titanic, E.T., Sound of Music, Star Wars, and Gone with the Wind is still in the lead. Mm. Oh. For adjusted... For inflation. Gotcha. So Gone with the Wind came out in 39. So, so. that's just so many more years, too. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, in, <laughs> I mean, when it was in theaters, it made $200,000. But it was 1939. Yeah. This was the first summer blockbuster. And this is the yeah. movie that's really credited with inventing the summer blockbuster. Ah, so and good. part of the reason for that is because this is one of the first movies. It might actually be the first movie to get a wide release. And lots of times the way they would roll out movies is they would release them a little bit and kind of build over time to the adding really? theaters as they go. Yeah, and this huh. one was released 
in 400 theaters um, at the same time. And it became kind of like an event thing. Yeah. For, well, the 400 theaters seems real small. It like, is real small. I think there are like 3,000 theaters across the nation now. Yeah. But I mean, this was in 1975. True. 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 Right. Um, and so it also, it kind of changed the way studios marketed movies because one, another thing they did was market saturation where they just had a ton of commercials before the movie came out to try to make it like an event movie. Like doing trailers and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was kind of a new thing for the mod. So this reinvented the huh. way they put movies out. Listeners, there are just a billion fun facts about this movie. Um, I'm trying to kind of do some lesser known ones or more ones that are more interesting. Jen's off the beaten path. Fun facts. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I like it now with even more fun. Yeah. yeah. So this was shot at Martha's Vineyard. Um, and the reason that they shot it at Martha's Vineyard is because the ocean floor there is pretty sandy. I think um, it's only about 35 feet down for 12 miles. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And this was one of the first major film to be shot in the actual ocean. And you kept saying this would have been a nightmare to shoot, and it yeah. really was. Yeah. And it went over schedule by like 100 days. Jeez, so many days. I know. And part of it was because the shark would never work, and that's part of the fun facts that everybody knows. Yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah, and why the score became so important, because the score is what is letting you know the shark is around when you can't see that the yeah. shark is around. And John Williams did an amazing job. He yeah. really did, yeah. Steven Spielberg has said, I was foolhardy to say I wanted to do it in the open ocean, but apparently it was such a perfectionist that he didn't want to use a miniature shark shark or smaller um, yeah. miniature anything. He wanted it to be real. He wanted to build the shark to scale. And the shark, they made, I think, three they made a full-size shark, and they made, like, a one side and then another side. And it was, like, a 1.2 tons. The and shark was? The shark, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, but so because it was only 35 feet deep, it was easier to get back up. Because at one point, the platform carrying the two halves of the shark capsized, and they sank all the way to the bottom. Oh, God. They had to get a, so they were saying that's why it was so far behind budget, because yeah. they were like, we would only get, like, four scenes on a good day, and on a bad day, we would get nothing. Yeah. So it just took forever ever. Um, Wasn't the shark supposed to be in it a lot more and the yeah. reason that's not in it very much which I think is better for the movie but the reason that was is because the shark was like never working and yeah. they. That's a common right. fun fact so we're not really going over that right oh, now. Oh my bad guys. That's a common trail fun fact. Yeah. That was an on the beaten uh, path fun that's fact. That's a basic fact. But the shark actually doesn't appear till an hour and 21 minutes into the movie. And yeah it's so it kind of lends it like a Hitchcock vibe and he's talked about it that. Does. Yeah, saying um, it was going to be like this kind of schlocky action horror movie, but it ended up having to be like much more mysterious. And yeah, and I think that's part of why the movie it is works. so great. Some of the shark footage is actually real. They did it in a shark cage in Australia, and I think they hired a little person actor oh. to be in the cage so that the shark would look bigger. It does. I mean, the shark looks good, and that's it the uh, Richard Dreyfus in the cage scenes. Yeah. yeah, like it looks good. They originally offered the role or considered Hooper. They were going to give it to John. Voight or oh. Jeff Bridges. We're all big in the 70s. Yeah. So this was inspired by a real life event. I'm going to link the really? story really? of this. Yeah. Tell I'm me gonna, more. I'm going to link the story of this because there's a lot more details and it's really well written. But so in 1916 at the Jersey Shore. I get it. <laughs> Jim Tan Laundry. Dude. Shark Tan Laundry. Um, so this was a time when at this point they didn't think sharks were interested in humans. They knew that sharks existed but but there wasn't really record of them attacking and they right. kind of just thought they were just like big fish that were out there like dolphins or something. In this summer, in a couple of weeks time period, 
two men were killed and an 11 year old boy was killed and a man swam out to try to save him and that man was killed too Um, and then like 30 minutes later a 12 year old boy was bit but he ended up living and so they the people in this town were freaking out they offered a hundred dollar reward which i imagine this was in 1916 yeah so like like it's like million. They started writing all these letters to the White House or to the president to try to get them to solve this problem. And so Woodrow Wilson, who was the president, then convened his cabinet and ordered his Treasury Secretary to um, have a war on sharks. What? This is the movie I want to see. Did they have a shark czar? I think they did have a shark czar. Oh, my God. (laughs) I want to see a 1919 horror movie about sharks. Oh, and there were like angry mobs in this town with it's literally said with pitchforks and spears trying to hunt down these sharks. Yes. So everybody Did just they think crazy. they were on land? I guess. Well, they listen to what three, happened. Three witches. So, <laughs> I mean, that was just the patriarchy, not the shark. But, um, shark triarchy. Okay, but before they could mobilize their army for the war on sharks, um, a fisherman saw the shark and like beat it to death with a broken spear. What? I know. I'm going to link the story. That does sound like something. On a boat or like, on, in, like in the water? I don't know. But it beat the shark to death. I want this movie. Yeah. And they and they cut the shark open and found human bones inside. But it was like 1916, so they couldn't ever conclusively say it was the shark. But the shark's atta- the shark attack stopped after that. Peter Benchley has said that that was not the inspiration for the book. But I mean, it's so close to the story. I can't yeah. imagine that actually being true. But it's different enough. I, he didn't rip it off or anything. Oh, like, no, it's, not yeah. at all. There is a cold case around this part of the country called the Lady of the Dunes. Ooh. And it was a lady who was found dead like uh, about 100 miles away from Martha's Vineyard. I think that's around the Cape Cod area. But so she was found on the beach and her hands had been removed so they couldn't fingerprint her and she'd been decapitated, I think. And they couldn't figure out who she was. But around 2000, they recreated a likeness of her face and they put it in a magazine. And so Joe Hill, the author, was uh, looking through this and just ha- that day <gasps> happened. Have I know you, this story. Did you listen here? The, my yes, favorite murder episode. I know this yeah, story. Yeah, it's cool. Okay, so anyways, so he was reading through this magazine or book, and then he happened to go watch Jaws with his three sons for like yeah. the 40th anniversary, and he saw a girl in the movie, and a girl that looks just like this, uh, the recreation of this lady's face. Uh-huh. And this was in 1974, about 100 miles away from where she disappeared. So thinking, hey, there she is. She was an extra in this movie. But he mentioned it to his friend who was an FBI agent. And the guy was like, well, just call it in or post it online. It can't hurt. You know, there are like stuff like that happens. And that's kind of how we get leads on these cold cases. Um, And so they tried to talk to the production company and um, track down who the extra was. And back in 1974, they just didn't keep the records. They did. But yeah, so it may may still help us crack the case of the Lady in the Dunes. There's a My Favorite Murder episode about that that I'll try to link. Um, That's really interesting. Yeah, I like that episode. Yeah, I did too. Those are my fun facts. That was really great. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. So scary scale. Hey, listeners, our scary scale is how we rank um, how scared we were when we watched these movies today. It's not a ranking of the quality of the movie. It's how scared we were tonight when we watched the movie. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, Todd. I'm going to give it a two. All right. Yeah, it's good, but it's not super scary. I'll do the same. Yeah. Two? 
Yeah, All same right. reasons. I'm going to give it a four. Ooh, um, wow. And it's kind of like what you were saying. Um, it's not, I wasn't really scared when I watched it tonight, but I have a phobia of open water. Oh, and me too. I have like panic attacks when I get in, if I can't see the bottom. And it's, I think, a large part because of this movie. And it makes me uncomfortable in some scenes to watch it. Like when he was getting down in that shark cage and you can't see the bottom of the ocean, it just mm, freaked me out. So I'm going to give it a four. But people talk about this movie as it was super scary. And like if you watch Bravo's 101 Scariest Movie Moments, I think Jaws is like number one. There's some scary moments in it. Really? There are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, we like to read listener reviews. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, and Mikey's going to do it. So Mikey, why don't <gasps> Mikey? you read this week's a review? There's a review from Becca. <gasps> Becca hey, says, Becca. wait, I'm going to get my dramatic. Love this podcast. I have been blasting through the episodes since finding it, and I will be sad. <gasps> So sad when I've caught up and I have to wait for them in real time. I am constantly watching horror and there aren't many I haven't seen, but I feel like I am rewatching them with all you guys. Love it. Love Aww, it. Well, we love Becca. it. And by it, I mean that review, Becca. I know, Thank you so that much. That was awesome. Thank you so much for listening. And please, guys, leave us five-star reviews wherever you can. Yes, please. All right. So this week, you guys made me watch Jaws. Yeah. Thank you for that. What do you guys make me watch next week? Well, this was a Mikey pick. Next week, we were watching something that I've actually been too afraid to watch. We're watching VHS. Oh, it's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's found footage, isn't it? Yeah. Found oh, my anthology. God. I hate found footage. It's like found footage plus like middle school goth like put together. Yeah. I had to watch this with other people because I thought it was really scary. Oh my God. Well, I don't know anything about it. I'm not looking forward to it. So guys, watch VHS before next week. Oh my God. You're going to hate it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we are a member of the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. So if you guys want to listen to those great podcasts, you can. It's the Modern Horrors Podcast, Final Girls and Death Dying and other things. And if you are listening to us in their feed, switch over to our feed. You'll get it two days earlier. Yeah. If you want to follow us on socials, it's at Horror Virgin. Mikey is at M Randolph 24. Jen is at Jen Ferratu. And I am at Todd J. Awesome. Obviously, if you're not in the Facebook group, what are you even doing with your life? Aww. Yeah, I go in there and argue with the people. Yeah, it's great. Sensing a theme. There is a lot of Facebook exclusive content, but only uh-huh. in the Facebook group. So if you just follow us on Facebook, you'll see posts, mm-hmm. but you won't. You're missing out on like ninety percent of the fun. So yeah. join the Facebook group uh, if you want to help financially support the podcast. Please do at Patreon.com/slash/HorrorVirgin. So yeah, once we get enough money, we're gonna buy new, pretty much all new gear, so we can give you guys all new sound. So yeah, if you can help us in that endeavor, please sign up at Patreon. You'll get a bunch of great perks. Yeah. If you can't, just please continue. Continue telling your friends, family, and co-workers about this awesome little podcast. Yeah. We appreciate it. Just listening really means a lot. And rating too. and reviewing. It's mm-hmm. free. It doesn't cost anything, but it really does help people find the show. It does, yeah. You can also visit our website, which has got an awesome blog and links to our merch stuff. And we've got some pretty new designs for that, too. So that's horrorvirgin.com, right? Yeah. That's going to be it from us, everybody. I'm so happy we got to watch this because, yeah. oh, happy 4th of July. Oh, that's oh yeah. This is our 4th of July <laughs> episode. Our 4th of July episode. Yeah. Holy. But yeah, happy 4th of July, everybody. Yeah, guys, happy 4th of July. And if you're in the UK, <laughs> you're lost, suckers. <laughs> We're so, the ones that got away. <laughs> so, guys, uh, we'll, that's going to do it for us. That's going to be it for us, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, guys. <laughs> Have a great fourth and enjoy a hot dog. Bye. <laughs> Nerds. Oh, boy. I couldn't think of something to say. I was going to say da, something da, about da, grilling. Da, da, da.